all of a sudden hears this voice that says, oh, crap. <laughs> did you make that story up? This I did not make it up. I wish I did. Sounds like something that came out of my brain, doesn't it? It totally does. Yeah, it sounds like a steel story. But, I, but this actually fits in with what we're talking about because I think. I'm going to show you how to operate in a spirit. This is Happy Life Studios. This message is for you. This message is for you. This message is singular to you. It's not for anybody else. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to understand. Hey, are you happy? Now that's a great question. Does the sun set high? Welcome to Happy Life Studios. We're here to help your life be happier. What is up, Happy Lifers? Happy Labor Day weekend. And since Happy Life Studios is the official podcast of the holidays, I thought we'd have ourselves a special holiday treat and i'm not talking about hot dogs hamburgers i'm not talking about ice cream i'm talking about something better i'm talking about not momentum what's the word i'm looking for it's not it's like momentum but it's like a mojo only this is like mojo like you've never had before i'm not talking about coffee in a cup i'm talking about mojo the joe mccarthy from our brother studio all the way down in southern california mojo studio joe mccarthy welcome to happy life studios Woot, woot. Now, there's an introduction. Seriously, it is my true joy, my privilege, my honor to be here with you, my friend, to talk about anything and especially things that matter. Yes. And it's been a while since that we talked and maybe even longer since we talked about things that matter. <laughs> <laughs> right. So being Labor Day, we want to honor our workers out there and uh, reminds you of the story of this priest that goes into the barber for a haircut. And when the cut is done, the priest asks the barber, he says, well, how much do I owe you? Well, the barber said, it's all free, friend. I consider this a service to God. The next morning when the barber goes to work, he sees a bunch of flowers and a Bible on his doorstep. And the flowers came with the thank you card from the priest. Well, he thought that was pretty cool. Right after that, a policeman enters into his barber shop wanting a trim. So the barber cuts his hair. When he's finished, the policeman asks him, how much do I owe you? And once again, the barber thought this worked so well last time. He said, no charge, friend. I consider this a service to God. Well, the next day, when the barber turns up to work, on the doorstep of his barbershop, there is a box of donuts and a thank you card from the police officer. Well, that afternoon, a senator walks in looking for a haircut. When he's all done, the senator says, how much do I owe you? And the barber says, well, you know what? Just You don't owe me anything. I consider this a service to God. The next morning when the barber goes to work, on his doorstep starts a line that goes all around the corner of senators all wanting a free haircut. (laughs) So I I just got to say that as my name being Joseph McCarthy and Joe McCarthy being the great senator from Wisconsin back in the 50s, I I resemble that remark. Mm, You represent it? I represent that joke, brother. <laughs> no, I was just thinking about that. I was thinking about there's going to be a lot of people out there that don't see the value of your work. They don't, you know, they're not going to maybe appreciate your work or what your work does or 
what your work makes for people. But there still are going to be many people out there whose lives are going to be better, whose lives are going to be touched by your generosity and by you working. And and so we honor all you laborers out there for making a difference in people's lives and making lives happier. Yeah, in fact, uh, you could say that without laborers, that our economy comes to a grinding halt, right? <clears throat> so it takes all of us doing whatever our particular job is, whatever our part is, that, that makes society work. And, and I know oftentimes we can get disgruntled in our labor, we get disgruntled in our job, we think we're not being recognized, we're not being rewarded, we're not being promoted, all those type of things. I feel those things myself, and I have throughout my career. Yeah. But, but there is, as my dad teaches me, there is actually a reward in the labor itself, that doing a good job and being able to go home at the end of the day and just have this sense of satisfaction as I look back over my day and I say, I did the best I could with the tools that I had, and I showed up in a way that I'm proud of myself. Well, that there's some intrinsic value just in the labor. That's that that way of looking at it. That way of that it's an opportunity for me to give all that I have in the job that I've been given and be proud of how I showed up. Yeah, I mean, and your dad, and my dad, you know, we're the same age basically. They came from a different era, from a different generation where work meant something different. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. My dad, oftentimes, I'll hear my dad, we'll get in these conversations, and he'll say things like, I just don't understand when people start to complain about their job. He says, because I have realized what a privilege, what a blessing it is to even have a job. So my dad, when he was, my dad's a hard worker. He's probably the, got the strongest work ethic of anybody I really know personally. He'd work sunup to sundown and oftentimes after dark knowing that he had this opportunity to provide for his family. And he took that very seriously. He comes from a generation where working hard is nothing to shy away from. In fact, it's something to dig into. And then my dad, in the middle of a construction job, when I was just five or six years old, this big piece of equipment that he was welding broke over his back when he was bent over underneath it and it landed on his back oh. several thousand pounds. I don't know exactly how much, but, but basically crushed his spine in a second. And oh. he was standing there bent over holding this piece of equipment on his back until everybody could rush over and set him free. And when he was in the hospital, he woke up to doctors telling him that he would never walk again, that he would never work again. Wow. And he, he decided with his sheer determination and his faith that he was not going to take that as a death sentence. And he has worked as hard as anybody I've ever met his entire life continues to work that way. He was born in 1940. So that makes him what, uh, 82 years old, still works harder than I ever will at 82. And he says to me, Joe, I am so grateful for every day I get to go to work. I don't care what the job is. The fact that I can actually show up and do the work, I know that's a miracle. And I don't take any day for granted. Wow. What a great illustration story thought for Labor Day, because I, I think that we're taught subliminally. I don't think no one ever comes out and just says this, but we're kind of taught that work is something you have to put up with you know, working for a living, you're working for the weekend, right? That's what I'm doing because I'm working for a living, right? And you just, and it's something you don't look forward to. It's just, it's an excuse for you to get money so you can spend the money how you want and you can be happy. But our father's generation, I'm sure there's people around in this generation too, but I, you don't hear stories about like what you just said about your dad is often where, and that's what I want to talk today with, with Labor Day is that, that labor isn't 
Like you mentioned, your dad would say labor. He didn't care what the job was. Labor was a way for him to supply for his family. He was just happy to be able to work our work. It's about making a product. It's about making a product that changes somebody's lives. I mean, every company started with, they saw a need, they saw a hole and they saw how, how, what their idea could do to help people, whether that product is actually something you can physically touch or it's mental, like a podcast or, or whatever, but they saw a hole and they began to work on that. But if we're not careful, pretty soon money jumps, in, especially in America, right? Money jumps into play and then it's all about the money, right? It's all about the, you know, how the 21 pilots say, you know, I am stressed out, go help make the money, you know, that song that they sing, right? And after a while, that, that job that we get so excited to have or that company we got so excited to start, Pretty soon, if we start looking at the wrong thing, but our jobs are really there to make a product to make somebody else's life better. And I think if we can just switch, just like so much in life, happy is, is about switching our perspective to what we do have or, or what we can do or provide. And, and worker, we need you, even if it's a job that you consider menial or even the small jobs we need all jobs and we need people behind there to care about their work instead of just try to work to make the money for the weekend. Yeah. I think the big, the big mind shift for me is getting myself out of the mode of what am I going to get from my job to what can I give through my job? That is so good. Right? Such a big difference. If I show up, if I get out of bed, even in the morning and I have the mindset of, okay, what am I going to get out of my job? Then it's kind of tough sometimes to even get out of bed and show up because I know what I'm going to get and it's going to be not what I'm worth. That's the way I feel often, right? Because yeah. I'm worth I'm worth more than anybody could ever pay me, but I feel like I'm, I'm not recognized, I'm not paid, I'm not promoted, all those type of things. But if I can flip that mindset, that mind shift to say, rather than showing up for what I can get, what if I show up for what I can give? Well, that changes the equation so important because now it be- becomes a purpose. It becomes a mission. It becomes a calling. Like, yeah. how can I show up? And not just for the for the widgets I create or the paperwork that I shuffle, but in, in the relationships that are around me in my job, how can I make somebody else's day better? How can I show up in a way that lifts the atmosphere, the the vibration, the the happy quotient in my job? And if I can make somebody's day while I'm doing what seems like a ridiculously menial task, you know, busy for busy sake, well, it gives all that mundane stuff purpose. I love that. Say that again for us. Well, it's just that it's that mind shift of rather than waking up to say, what am I going to get today? To ask the question, what can I give? And really, it doesn't have to be in my job description, right? There's so much more that I can give just by showing up. I can give my attention. I can give my heart. I can give love. I can give beauty. I can give ideas. There's so much that I can give. And actually, when I shift to that mindset, then suddenly the paycheck that's tied to my job doesn't seem as, it's as just much a bonus. of a measurement. Yeah. It's, no, it's not so much of a measurement of what I'm bringing. Yeah. It's, it's just what I get to bring home as a reward, you know, but it's not a one-to-one correlation. Like yeah. whatever I get is worth whatever I, I get back. And maybe for those laborers out there that work super hard and they're on a factory line or they're making widgets and they don't like, all I'm doing is making this little widget. But I think we got to look at the whole product of what the whole business is doing. And even if you feel like the 
product you're making or whatever doesn't count for much. Number one, it does. But secondly, who are you working next to? Or who is going to come across your path as you're filling those shelves, you know, at work or whatever? Who can you bless that day? Work is just simply an opportunity for us to be in contact with other human beings that we can help, whether it's through our company or through our product or just through our spirit, just through us planting seeds in their life because we're happy, because we're at peace, and people need to be around that whole thing. So what a cool mindset to shift from what am I going to get today to who can I help today? Who can I, yeah. I get to go, I get to go to work. There's stuff to do today. I get to do that. I can help somebody. And if we start looking for that, I think that kind of changes everything. Yeah. The Bible even has this interesting concept about work. One of the things it says, whatever your hand finds to do, whatever that is, do it as unto the Lord. And boy, that's, that's a really, it's not easy but that's a wonderful mind shift. If I can keep that in mind that I'm not working for the man, I'm not working for the paycheck, I'm not even working for the approval of my boss. But deep down somewhere, yeah. if I can tap into this idea that I'm working to show myself as a workman that doesn't need to be ashamed, you know, that I can I can sign my name to whatever I did today and say, this was mine and I did it and I'm proud that I did the best I could with the resources that I had and not for the approval of my earthly boss, but for my heavenly father, I just wanted to look down on me and say, good job. You did the best. You, you did awesome. And you can do better. And we're going to get there. But today you did your best. I'm so proud of you. I'm so pleased with you. And boy, that that's a great way to live. Yeah. And it, to me, it says there's something bigger than just my paycheck and my partner's thing. There's a, there's a much bigger thing. And when we look at the bigger picture, um, I think it tends to change a lot of stuff. It reminds me of the story of this guy who he's working in this cubicle one day and he's doing paperwork for his company. It reminds me of that movie office space was it office work. Anyway, he's stuck in this cubicle day after day after day, doing all this paperwork for a company. Well, this day he hears this particular voice out of nowhere that says, quit your job, sell your house, go to Las Vegas. Well, this freaked him out, you know, this mysterious voice, but he managed to finish out his day anyway. He thought, if I could just go home, get some sleep. I don't know what that was, but, you know, just ignored it. He wakes up the next morning and he hears it again while he's getting ready for work. Quit your job, sell your house, go to Las Vegas. Well, he ignored it again and, and went to work hoping that would go away, but it didn't because once he got in the elevator to go up to his office, he heard it again. Quit your job, sell your house, go to Las Vegas. Later that day, he's in a meeting. He hears it again. Quit your job. Sell your house. Go to Las Vegas. On the car ride home, he hears it. And when he's in bed uh, trying to sleep at night, he hears it. Over and over again, he keeps hearing, quit your job. Sell your house. Go to Las Vegas. The next day, it got worse. Every hour on the hour, he kept hearing, quit your job. Sell your house. Go to Las Vegas. And he didn't tell anyone because he didn't want anyone to think he was crazy. So he tried to ignore it, but the voice would just not go away. The next day, as he was hearing it over and over and over again, louder than ever, quit your job. Sell your house. Go to Las Vegas. Finally, he just breaks and says, fine. He walks up to his boss and says, hey, take this job and shove it and walks out. He goes home, contacts a realtor, and sells his house the next day. He cashes a check, packs up all the cash in a suitcase, buys a first-class plane ticket, and flies to Vegas. All the while, he keeps hearing, quit your job, sell your house, go to Las Vegas. 
when the plane lands and he gets out of, at, into the airport, he says, okay, well, well, now what? And the voice says, go to Caesar's palace. So he hops in a taxi, immediately goes to Caesar's palace. As soon as he walks into the front door, he hears a voice again, go to the roulette table. The guy goes to the nearest roulette table and he hears, put it all on red 21. The guy's like, okay, here we go. The guy takes out all of his money and puts it on red 21. The guy spinning the, the roulette wheel spins the wheel and the ball goes round and round and round and round, starts to slow down, starts to slow down, starts to bounce around. And finally it lands on black 35. All of a sudden here's this voice that says, oh crap. <laughs> did you make that story up this i did not make it up i wish i did sounds like something came out of my brain doesn't it, it totally does yeah it sounds like a steel story <laughs> but this actually fits in with what we're talking about because i think honestly i think that there's this voice inside of our head that says your job sucks if you could quit your job then you'd be happy if you just had money, you could go to Vegas, you go on vacation, you could, I mean, I think that we think if we quit our job, we're going to be happy. You know, if I just got paid more money, if I got my promotion, I'd be happy. Or if I could go to Las Vegas and just spend money, when I retire, I'm going to be happy. And we think all those different things, but we're, we're putting all of our money on red 21. But life usually ends up on black 35. I mean, <laughs> life just doesn't seem to get along with us. And you know what? Our happiness don't, don't get me wrong. I understand that our job plays a big role in our happiness as far as sometimes we work jobs that are just difficult to work, right? They're not always the, the happiest of things to do, but our happiness doesn't come from the job we have or the promotion we have or the kind of money that we make. Our happiness is a perspective that we have to what am I getting out of this job to what can I use this job for? What Who can I give to in this whole thing? And I think that that's what, you know, Labor Day is all about celebrating the people that go to work day in and day out. But it doesn't have to be a task. It doesn't have to be frustrating. Don't put all your chips on Red 21 because life's going to, if life ends up on Black 35, then it ends up on Black 35. Life doesn't always turn out how we want it to turn out. But that doesn't mean, you know, we always end our podcast with, remember, life isn't perfect, but it can be happy. Life doesn't always land on Red 21. So when it lands on Black 35, you know, maybe you don't have the job that you wish you had. But wait a minute, if we change our perspective a little bit, maybe we could still be happy with Black 35, even if it's not Red 21. Yeah, it's so good. I love that story. Now, there's a very popular book that's been out for a while now called The Four-Hour Workweek. And of course, that gets my attention. Four-Hour right. Workweek. That, that yeah. sounds like, okay, that's the real life. That's where I need to go. How do I make that happen, right? But I got to tell you, if I told my dad... There's a book out here that's very popular called The Four Hour Workweek. He would laugh and he'd say, That's a bunch of crap, right? He said, Oh, crap, right? He would say, That's ridiculous. I say, Why, Dad? He says, Because I find great sense of purpose and satisfaction in the time that I spend doing stuff, no matter how hard it is. I mean, my dad was a mechanic for most of his life, he was a farmer because he loved it, never made any money, but worked his tail off. But why did he do all that stuff? Just for the pleasure of, you know, he wasn't a self-masochist. He did it because he knew this was his opportunity to provide for his family. He knew that if he worked hard enough and he stepped, stayed with it, he might never get recognized. He might never get famous. He might never get a promotion to a glass office in the corner and get some fancy title and get to, to vacation to Aruba. And he didn't care about any of that stuff. What did he care about? 
He cared about his wife and his kids. Yeah. And he knew that if I worked hard enough, that there would be fruits to my labor. And he didn't understand all the fancy stuff, you know, about, you know, having some sort of residual income that works in the background and you're getting paid for doing nothing. He didn't even care about any of that. All he cared about was if I can work with the body that I've been given for as long as I've been given and I can put food on the table for my family and show them through my hard work that the most important thing is that I provide for you, then that is a life well lived. That is so good. And that is something that I want to take to heart because I'm, I'm saying all this, but that doesn't mean I don't struggle with a lot of the same stuff, right? But it's a lot about a perspective. I did a, actually an assembly and then I spent the whole day at the local high school here doing a, a future ready day, talking about the students' careers. And after I did the assembly, um, you know, we would meet in classes and then all the seniors and some of the juniors got to pick which class they wanted to go learn from. And I got to do a class every day on really how to have a happy future, you know, how to have a happy life. And the, the classroom that I got sent to as a teacher in there, he, he told me a story between the classes and the story was so amazing. I used him in every one of the classes. This teacher used to be a lawyer and he made buku bucks, but he says he quit being a lawyer. So then I asked him why. He says, you know what? Everybody always asks me why. There's only one group of people that don't ask me why I quit being a lawyer. You know who that is? I said, no, who? And he said, other lawyers. They all ask me how. He said, when I was a lawyer, I would hit that snooze button a dozen times. And I had to be up by nine o'clock in the morning. And it still took me a dozen times hit the snooze button. He says, I became a teacher because I love students. I love teaching. And he said, now that alarm goes off at six or seven. He says, I hop right out of bed. And even the students in the class are like, what? You gave up all that money of being a lawyer to be a teacher? He, he understood it. Because labor isn't about the money that you make. It's about the lives that you change. And I just, for, so for, for the Labor Day podcast, that's kind of the point I was trying to get across. Because I know a lot of our jobs are difficult. And a lot of our jobs can feel menial. And there's even some people out there that right now are probably between jobs and don't have a job. And they're looking for a job or can't seem to find a job. And I just want you to know our job is to live among other human beings. Our job is to take what we do have and work with what we do have and help people with what we do have, whether we're making a product at a job or making a product by how we live our life. I just say hats off and happy Labor Day to every one of you. You know, it reminds me, Steve, of uh, Shakespeare has this famous quote, and he says, there's no small parts. There's only small actors. Wow. And boy, you apply that to Labor Day. You apply that to work. That changes the perspective so much that there's there's no small jobs. There's only small people. And I don't want to be a small person that shows up in a job that's a blessing to me and my family and always be grousing and complaining about why do I not get this and that? Why don't I get recognized? Why don't I get promoted? Why don't I get paid more? Blah, 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 blah. And then I'm being the small actor, right? The part isn't small. That's our own perception. There's no small yeah. parts. This is Shakespeare, who who wrote the most famous plays in the history of the world. There's no small parts in this life. There's only small actors, and that we can change that. We can show up in whatever part we've been given and realize there are no small parts. It's how I show up. I make That's it so big good. or I make it small by how I show up. Yeah, it doesn't matter what the job is. We tend to go, what's well, a small position? I'm way down the bottom of the of the money chain or the food chain or whatever. But that doesn't mean that your part is small. Only if we allow that to get into our head. That's what Shakespeare is trying to say is don't follow the lie 
And don't fall the lie that labor is all about working for the weekend and make enough money to, to be able to support your family. The money that we make from working is a bonus, but really our job is to make people's lives better, to create product that helps people. And that's what you do. That's what we do. And so happy Labor Day, anyone. Is there anything else that you want to say as we uh, sign off here, Joe? Yeah, I think we've made a good uh, illustration about working for a purpose, right? That we're working to, to bless others, to provide for others. But I think there's also another intrinsic value of work. And there's, I can't think of the exact quotation of it. I can't quote it word for word. There's a biblical passage that talks about how there's this great satisfaction that we each have when we just show up and we do our job and we know that our life has meaning. It has purpose. It's we're, we're contributing something to our to our employment, to our society, to our family, to our community. And that's the that intrinsic reward. The extrinsic reward is that I can provide something of value to my coworkers, to my community, to my family. But there's also this intrinsic worth, this intrinsic value that that I am working, that I have something to contribute, that I that I have a purpose, right? That I that I get out of bed and maybe I don't fully embrace the mission of my job or I don't understand even what it is. But the fact that I can show up and I can do what I do to the best of my ability, there is an intrinsic reward where it's 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 integrity, it's it's this sense of, yes, I'm proud of myself. So there's that there's both in labor, there's both the intrinsic reward for what I do, and I do it really well. I do the best that I can do. And then the extrinsic reward of how it benefits others around me. Both are available to us if we'll just see it. That is so good. That is so good. Well, Joe, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for what you do at Mojo Studio down there in Southern California. Uh, you started a blog site recently. Um, you know, you're tearing it up. You're trying to flood the airwaves and what you do on the Wisdom app. I just love it, Joe. You're always trying to make the world a better place. And I, I think that part of that is the DNA that you have, right? When we realize that what we do matters, what we say matters, then when we retire, then when we're unemployed, then when we're working what we would consider a small job, we no longer feel like a small actor because we realize that what I do matters. And then when retirement comes, or then when the promotion does not come, or when unemployment comes, my DNA is still, but what I do matters. So what I do, whether it's on this job or that job or looking for a job, I'm going to do, like you said earlier, do it wholeheartedly as unto God, as, as if God were the guy that was wanting to hire me or the God was the guy I was working for, I'm going to work hard for him. Well, I'm not saying that your your boss is God, but I guess in some ways I am saying your boss is God. God made us, and uh, we need to do what we do with that DNA. What, what you do matters, and what you say matters. We need you, Happy Lifer. So thanks so much for listening and joining us. And, and Joe, thanks for joining in. Take us out. So remember, work isn't perfect, but that doesn't mean we can't be happy. There you go. There you go. Steve Ace.